Hello and welcome back to the Fourth and Forever podcast, where we're finally going to get down to talking about our way too early predictions for the NFL 2019-2020 season. So last week we, what's our last session, we totally overran, so we intended to get this into that episode, but turns out we can't really manage our podcast very well. So it doesn't really matter because we dictate it, we are the bosses, we do what we want. And uh, and you're going to eat it up anyway, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, you are. Anyway, uh, I digress. Uh, hello, Darren. Welcome back. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, hello. So, so um, in getting into this, do you want to kick us off with what you think is a way too early prediction for this season? Okay, so one of my um, far too early predictions is that Sterling Shepherd is going to be on his knees in tears looking at the sky in just hatred and depression <laughs> within about three games for the Giants oh this boy you think so did he not, did he not yeah. sign a, a nice big contract recently which yeah, says that he's happy to be paid, there he'll be getting paid but you know when that that slot route that's going to take him to the end zone hits that floor three yards in front of him I just think he's going to drop to his knees and trade me. <laughs> trade me. So your, um, where's your confidence meter in the New York Giants offense for next season on a scale of one to ten? One being good. One, no, one, um, being, one being lowest and ten <laughs> being like uh, the, the Chiefs from last season. Um. Well, I don't really like Golden Tate, so I'm going to say one. I don't think they've got anything. Oh, that is damning. So one would be historically bad. So you, do you think that that would be, say, worse than the Buffalo Bills offense of last season? I think, yes, oh, definitely. I think they they might steal a game in their own division against like the Redskins or something, but I wouldn't be surprised if by the bye they're at like one and seven. Wow. Okay. Well, because they're at one and six this year, and they had better players. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just been so I don't see it improving unless Daniel Jones is the chosen one, which I'm not going to put any money on that being the case. So. Oh man! As we were saying about the draft, you know, he could be. <laughs> we don't know, but <laughs> I don't. I don't expect him to be. Yeah, well, like I mean, I, I I do still think that they do they do have Saquon there. I actually do like Golden Tate, uh, Sterling Shepard. He probably. I think hasn't really got enough credit. I don't think he's a great wide receiver. He's certainly not a number one. But I don't think that they're that bad, really. I think that I've got a a, a more positive perception of the Giants' prospects for this season than you do. Um, in fact, I, I was going to be talking about this one a little bit later, but I guess I'll I'll merge mine into into this one with you. So just to be contrarian. Uh, my prediction is that Daniel Jones will sit for the whole year with the Giants. Like, there's a lot of talk about how he could come in once the Giants start slipping and the season gets away from them. But I reckon that they will stick out with Eli one more time and just let Jones see the absolute mind f- that he's in for. <laughs> um, yeah. Ben McAdoo essentially lost his job for benching Eli Manning during the season when he really deserved to be benched. Um, and I don't think that that's something that will happen again this season, uh, as I think that they will just kind of roll with the punches. And uh, having looked at the Giants' schedule, I would actually say that these games are a lot more winnable than than other areas. Uh, they've got to play the likes of the Dolphins, and you know, the Redskins are still ailing. You don't really know what's going to happen there, so they're going to play the Redskins uh, twice, so that's a couple of wins potentially right there. Um, and that's purely based on how I have how little faith I have in their quarterbacks at the moment. Um, but yeah, there is even, to my mind, a chance that Eli does well enough to get into the playoffs, into contention. That but that's early. just purely based on what I see from their that division schedule. That division being a, a little bit of a weird one. I, I don't see them winning the division. No way. I still I put that down to the Eagles. Uh, I reckon the Cowboys would be too strong for them as well. But like the, the games that they have out with their division 
are actually quite favourable. And, like, if they get towards the end of the season and they've got, like, seven, eight wins, I wouldn't be totally surprised. I, okay. but like that. I've had enough of the Giants. Yeah, yeah, but like <laughs> I, I find myself saying this, but then part of me does think like, why, why are you doing this? Why are you saying this? Because I don't have that much faith in the Giants. I just have this strange feeling that Eli has one more good season in him. Like they, they still don't have much on the offensive line yet, but I just have this feeling that it, it must click. A little bit better this season than it did last season, even with OBJ out. Um, they they've got Saquon there. They've got Sterling Shepard back. They're maybe going to utilize it a bit better. I I don't see them completely rolling over this season. And I don't know. I don't know. There's no reason for me to think this. I just have this feeling. Yeah. Okay. So my next one. Just okay, moving yeah. on from the Giants. Yeah, we'll go, yeah, we'll go back to you then. <laughs> okay, so this is going to be painful for me to say. Oh. I I think, early prediction, that the um, the Browns are going to start 4-4. Four and four, And I think they're going to fire Steve Wilkes before the bye. Oh, you really have no faith in poor, poor Steve Wilkes. No, so put it this way. In the first eight games, the Browns have to play the Rams, the Ravens, the Seahawks, and the Pats. Yeah, it's tough. And I don't see them winning those games in a zonal system, hmm. especially when they have two of the best man-to-man corners in the league. Well, potential, because Greedy Williams hasn't played. So I don't, I just can't see it. I just don't think, I think they've made a mistake. Hmm. I still think they'll make the playoffs this year. I just don't, I think they're going to notice quite quickly, especially against them. Um, the Seahawks and the Rams, that they've they've made an error on um on their defensive scheme. So, but there's also the case that they're talking about. They might still it still might be a man to man scheme. Yeah, that was the one. Even with I Steve Wilkes. Say. Yeah, I think but it will depend. It doesn't on, look likely. So. Yeah, it'll depend on whether Wilkes uh, enforces his own like scheme on things, or whether he adapts to the sort of players that he has, um, and. Looking at that Cleveland depth chart, there there is not much in the way of uh, of, of weakness there. Uh, hmm. So, yeah, like if if you were to give me four and four at the start of the season, I like especially with the Pats and the Broncos and the Seahawks, yeah, and the Rams. It's yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. Four of you. This is the issue with being in the you know this AFC. Um, it's just. Some of these teams are really good, and you play them really quickly. And did we really have to play the the um, NFC West? Yeah. <laughs> this season, this season, did we have to Rams Seahawks? Mm, that's tough. Forty ers away. Yeah. So yeah, it's gonna be. It's not easy. So I I think that they're gonna struggle at the start and then come right. I th- I think that um, at the moment, like this this season in particular. There seems to be a lot of teams, even the bad teams from last season, are all trending in the right way, and you can all see them improving this season. Every single team is going to go eight and eight. Yeah, exactly. That's it. It's just going to be uh, except the Giants. Yeah, exactly. Who will go? Um, actually, is that possible? Uh, yeah, yeah the, the teams that finished with a positive record are the ones that played the Giants. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was their tiebreakers. Mm-hmm. It's. Um, it, it seems to me that there's less bad teams in the NFL than there has been in the past. It, it just seems to be more consistently okay teams or teams that are improving. There's not much in the way... Well, like, there's no such thing as an easy game in the NFL, allegedly. So, um, yeah. I, I, again, it's, it's definitely one of these things that until we see what they look like, how they line up, how they start tracking these wide receivers, you do not know what you're going to get with this uh, this Browns team, how well they're going to so play. So if, if the um, the Browns have to play the, the NFC West and the AFC East mm-hmm. this season, yeah, the Broncos on week nine. But like to be fair to the Browns, like, that's why I think we're gonna, they'll bounce back because they've got to play the Cardinals, the Bengals and the Dolphins 
three weeks in a row. Yes. And that's after playing the Steelers at home and the Bills as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we've been unlucky to get the NFC East, but we've got the AFC, oh, NFC West even. Yeah. We're lucky to have the <laughs> the AFC West. That, so. that, that division yes, is tough. Yes, we have to play the Pats, but yeah. the Jets, Bills and Dolphins. Yeah, just just looking at uh, your talk of a four and four start. So you got Titans, Jets, Rams, Ravens, Niners, Seahawks, Patriots, Browns, Bill Steelers. So from that, I would say uh, six and four. Titans win, Jets win. I would say Rams loss, Ravens win because I still don't have. So sorry, sorry, Browns win against Ravens because I don't have that much faith in the Ravens to keep it going. Um, I still feel that you'll uh, beat 49ers. I think that... Is that home or away? Uh, I think you're at home for that it's one, it, actually. No, that's at Levi's. No, I think Sam Fran will win that game. Okay. Uh, Seahawks, obviously they've just lost Doug Baldwin, which is a big one. Then you got Patriots. I would love to see Baker do something there. Uh, then you got Broncos. It's be the biggest game of the season, I think, at that Oh, point. yeah. Like that, that'll be huge. People that's going to be televised. That. That's going to be televised. Uh, Broncos Browns split. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now we'll be watching that one, so absolutely watching that one. Um, I would probably give Browns the edge in that one, and you beat the Bills. And I actually see you beating the Steelers twice this year. Cool. And then we've got the Dolphins, Bengals, and Cardinals mm-hmm. in between the Steelers. So yeah, we should be fine. I, but I, yeah, I just have this so. feeling that the system isn't going to be ready and it's not going to work and. It's not going to be an easy start in a yeah. far too early prediction. Yes, <laughs> that's what that's what we're doing. Yeah, so the Browns to fire Steve Wilkes after eight weeks, you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Any any too, way too early predictions on who they might replace him with? No, I don't know any of them. Probably be your, your defensive backs coach or something. Yeah, it's someone that knows the players that... Okay. <laughs> keeps them to a system they actually will use you know yeah well sticking with the sort of analysis on uh strength of schedule and teams who are in the rebuilding process uh the arizona cardinals um they have been touted as having a, a fantastic draft they've given kyler murray all sorts of weapons they've moved josh rosen on They've improved that defense with getting uh, a good pass rusher and a nice safety in there. Uh, obviously, they've got rid of Steve Wilkes, who you reckon is just going to be walking on and walking on. But um, I think that the Cardinals will finish with just one more win than they had last season. Uh, but still look much improved. So yeah, don't get me wrong. The Cardinals are definitely trending in the right direction, but their schedule is brutal. Like they've got to play in one of the strongest, most exciting divisions in the NFL, in the NFC West. Uh, so, and they also have to play every team in the AFC North, including your Browns, which is also a very strong division these days. Uh, even the Bengals, they could still do something. Um, and they have the Falcons away, and they've got the Panthers away. It's just, it's just brutal, and I can't see them being able to put it all together. Um, not. Not as consistently enough yet. I, th- I think they're still another year away from uh, getting above that 8-8 eight and eight mark. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I, I think that they're going to be fascinating to watch and that they're going to put up much better offensive performances than they did last year. Um, but there's it's going to t- it's surely going to take a little bit of time to gel. I mean, we could have our socks it's completely gonna, blown off by by this air raid. It's going to be such a young team, and as soon as they get punched in their mouth, you know, it's going to be hard. Especially if they come out at the start and it's difficult, and they're twenty points down in the first game. You know, they're such a young team. Yeah, it's just going to be difficult for them to get there. But as I said. They should be improved. Yeah. I think that um, they're, they're going to come out against the Lions and I, I think that they could beat the Lions in week one and then everyone's going to start going off their heads. They're going to be amazed. And then they're, they've they got the Ravens the following week. I actually see them maybe doing something against them. But that defense of the Ravens could still 
be, they could be the ones to really punch them in the mouth first. Uh, and then you start getting into the Panthers, Seahawks, uh, Bengals, Falcons. Like I reckon they're going to have a half-decent start to the season, but then when you start playing against the Saints, 49ers, <laughs> at the Rams. End. <laughs> at the end, Rams, Steelers, Browns, Seahawks, Rams. Yeah, that is a that's a brutal finish to the season. Uh, uh, do you think they'll pull Kyler? Or do you think he'll play every minute? Uh, who's, their, who's their backup? Because <laughs> they don't have Josh Rosen know, anymore. But if they're 3-12 going into those last four you know, no, if they're you know three and nine going into those last few games, protect them. Yeah, you shouldn't be having Kyler Murray in smashed. on a season which is completely lost. It's a shame because he these car this Cardinal team, if they aren't good, are going to go a long way to deciding the NFC. Because mm-hmm. the Rams, Seahawks, are and Saints, you know, are going to just get easy wins otherwise, and um. Then if they have a plucky performance against one of them, they might knock them out. Yeah. At this rate, so if the Seahawks come undone away, at, you know, in Arizona, then that might be them, them out the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So it's gonna be, it's gonna be exciting, and they'll they'll have to drastically improve. But if the draft says anything, at least they've kind of done that. Yeah, I reckon they're going to be a very watchable team, but uh, they're still. They're still a bit away from actually putting something together in terms of getting a, a winning season. Uh, like I say, it's just something that experience, time, and implementing the system is going to work with. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think a lot of people are expecting too much too soon from such a young squad with a, a, a rookie NFL head coach in Cliff Kingsbury. It, it, of course, it will depend on just how well he manages to implement this this new offense. And uh, they've got Vance Joseph back as their defensive coordinator there. So as long as he's kept away from any uh, clock management duties, they'll probably be all right. Um, yeah, like they're, they're, they're a good team. Patrick Peterson, Buddha Baker in there at uh, the, the, the cornerback and safety slots going like, to really help sure, like keep, keep that real. Uh, Terrell Suggs yeah. is getting a bit old, but you still got Chandler Jones on that uh, defensive end spot. So maybe pop uh, Zach Allen around the other side from him. You've got a couple of really good pass rushers. You don't have much up the middle. Uh, Robert and Candice is just not panning out at the moment. Uh, you got Jordan Hicks at linebacker. Like they're they're they've got pieces, but mm. they're not there yet. There's still too many holes, and they're still too young. Yep. Okay, cool. So moving on from them, uh, hit me with what you got. Uh, Case Keenum will not play a single snap for the rest. <laughs> okay, yeah, I can I can see that being something that's going to happen. Um, I think he was brought in, uh, like acquired via trade from the Broncos, and he was there to be the guy in case they didn't get Dwayne Haskins, and then they got Dwayne Haskins, and. Having got Dwayne Haskins, that's probably the like signifying the end for Alex Smith there. I would say, um, unfortunately for him. Um, but yeah, we they've worked it quite well though because they've they've got Case Keenum on one year for seven million. They're giving pretty much giving um, Alex Smith another sixteen months or something to get to backup level. Yeah. Um. So he might still have a career. Um. But yeah, he's he's not going to be a starter for this team anymore. Mm-hmm. I think that's done. Yeah, which is unfortunate because he had the chance in that division. He had a chance to get them to the playoffs if he played the way he played for the Chiefs and that. But that was a bad injury to take. <laughs> yeah, you could say that one again. Um, well, because isn't it the more that it's not the injury; it's the um, getting Mercer in the hospital. Um, yeah, getting the the infection was more damaging to him than um, than the actual because. They can fix a leg, but if you get a an infection in a hospital after an operation, that no matter how strong and how fit you are, that can be the end of it. So yeah, you don't you don't have much of a say over MRSA. It just um, it, 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 once it's in there, it's uh, you've really got to throw everything at it to try and uh, curb that. Um, yeah. So apparently, he was at a Wizards game a few weeks ago, and he was looking strong, 
like he wasn't but apparently like in private he was really weak mm. and ill for a long time not the leg but just you know the immune system yeah so we'll see if he can get back to playing fitness once his legs better but it's a tough 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 role for him so I wouldn't be holding my breath on that one. Yeah. So what are you feeling? So you're obviously saying Dwayne Haskins is going to be day one starter at the Redskins. Yeah, even if he's not ready, I think they're just going to go with it. I think they have to do something for their fans, and they've got a strong defense. Mm. So, well, they've they've really improved their roster um, off their acquisitions and defense and getting a couple of boys in the draft and getting Landon Collins and they've got Josh Norman and they're going to be pretty solid in that NFC mm-hmm. East. But, yeah, I I don't know. The, the Redskins are a bit of a misnomer right now. Yeah, they're, they're, they're kind of hard to, hard to judge. Um, I think they're they're looking a little bit weak at wide receiver um, with, with their number one wide receiver being Paul Richardson. Yeah. Uh, uh, or I suppose you could say Josh Doxson. There's talk of Trey Quinn being really good. Uh, they picked up Calvin Harmon in the draft. Looks pretty handy. You've got Jordan Reed. Can he stay fit? You've got Vernon Davis. Your your running backs look pretty good because obviously you've got uh, Adrian Peterson there. You picked up Bryce Love in the draft. If he can pull everything Darius back together. Geis coming back. Darius Geis. Is he going to be as, as big as we'd assumed he would be? Um, yeah, the main question is at quarterback on that offense. So with the weapons that Dwayne Haskins will have around him, what would you say is his over-under? Like, where would we set that at for... Uh, well, actually, I'll tell you what, I'll set it for you. For, for touchdowns, interceptions, and wins this season. So touchdowns, let's set the over-under at um, 16 touchdowns. Um, gosh, I think every quarterback should go over that. Mm. I'd say over. I'd say over. Is that strong over? No. <laughs> but I just don't think you will be starting for very long if you don't do more than that. That's you know, some people do that in three games. Yeah. I'll, I'll keep in mind he does have Eric Flowers in front of him on that line. So. Uh, oh God. <laughs> but he is playing guard rather than tackle now, so maybe maybe that'll be more his sort of level. Um, He's playing against the Giants. Yeah. Okay. Interceptions thirteen. Um, probably right on. Mm-hmm. Okay. I wouldn't be surprised if he went twenty and thirteen. So much like Sam Bradford kind of numbers yeah. in the first season. Mm-hmm. But I think he's going to be a good player. I don't. I haven't really seen anything that would say he isn't going to be a good player. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, just it really depends. <laughs> I haven't seen him play. Yeah, so it's hard to give him a give him a grade. So of course they're in quite an interesting division because you've got they're going to have to play the Eagles twice a year, play the Cowboys twice a year. Uh, they they start off with Eagles and Cowboys back to back as well. So it's going to be a bit of a baptism of fire for Dwayne Haskins having to deal with, uh, with Fletcher Cox and Demarcus Lawrence. And then it doesn't get any easier week three when they've got the Bears. So you're going to have Khalil Mack breathing down his neck. Uh, then you could take a week off when you've got the Giants, of course. Um, and then you're right back in it again with the Patriots. Um, yeah, looking at that... So say the over-under on that would be six, and I'd say under. Mm, okay. Like five, five and 11, four and 12. Yeah, yeah I think that's, that's fair. But yeah, again, a team that is going to be trending in the right direction but they have some holes to fill and uh, I, I, with a new quarterback coming into play in Dwayne Haskins um, it just depends on how quickly he can develop. Obviously we know that he can put up numbers when he's got the right players around him as he did when he was at Ohio State um, so maybe it's just a matter of uh, Dan Schneider at the Redskins working hard to get him more weapons yeah, but he's doing doing the right job on the defensive side of the ball, but when your quarterback goes down like Alex Smith did, you have to completely revamp your plans for the future. Yeah, unfortunately. Okay, right. So um, my next 
uh, my next way too early prediction is that Derek Carr will throw for 30 plus TDs again and save his career, but he's still going to get sacked a bunch. I think that that, that Oakland offense is going to improve. Uh, yeah. I think getting Antonio Brown was an absolute steal. Um, and uh, getting someone like Josh Jacobs in the backfield is going to help a lot as well. Um, on the other side from Antonio Brown, you've acquired Tyrell Williams, who was a, a, an excellent acquisition as well. He's kind of flown under the radar in terms of pickups there. Um, your offensive line is still questionable. You've brought in Trent Brown for silly money from New England. Uh, he'll be one of these disposable tackles who'll uh, leave the Patriots and probably be garbage again. And then you're still persisting with putting Colton Miller out at left tackle. That's oh, kind of hard to hard to see how that one's going to pan out. But he's got to step up big time this year because he was not good last year. But that is something which we do tend to see from offensive linemen just coming into the league, is that their first season, they won't quite get it. Second year is like, okay, cool, we're maybe just about getting there. And then the third year is when they really come into their own. So if that's the um, the sort of graph that Colton Miller is going to be taking, then it might help a fair bit. But um, behind Derek Carr, you've got uh, Mike Glennon, uh, a career backup, but I still see him as being a, a, a decent quarterback. And then you've got Nathan Peterman on the roster. So <laughs> <laughs> I basically just want to talk about still, that quarterback. How does he and, still get paid? I don't know. I don't know. But, um, yeah, I, I don't see the Raiders moving away from Derek Carr this season uh, unless they really have to. Like, the only thing that's going to happen is if there's an injury, uh, then, they'll, then they'll maybe just say, like, okay, we'll stick Glennon out and that's it. Um, with the Raiders, they need to uh, get that connection between Carr and Brown in the red zone. Yes. In the first game. Brown needs to get a touchdown catch from Carr in the first game to get away from this stupid thing that analysts, cheap analysts on like ESPN and that keep bringing up about how he's never caught a touchdown from a quarterback not named Big Ben. Uh, well, they, of they course. Need to, <laughs> they need to get around. That needs to go straight away. First drive of the first game, they need to get them connected in a t- for a touchdown so that can't even be mentioned anymore. Yeah. Um, and then they've got just players there, don't they? Yeah, they're they look they look good. Yeah, exactly. The yeah, uh, Jacobs can can definitely be a swing and you know swing running back who can get the the checkdowns. Yeah, I think they'll they'll they should be okay. I don't know if he can get thirty touchdowns, but that's going to be a lot on Antonio Brown. Uh, if he gets free and they can get that connection then. But yeah, they're um, they're wide receiving room now. So that's Antonio Brown, Tyrell Williams, and JJ Nelson was acquired from Arizona. That's a that's a pretty good one, two, three punch. And uh, you can also put Ryan Grant in there as well. They got him from Indy. Tight end, bit of a weakness now, I'd say. Uh, but uh, they they picked up Derek Carrier from the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, they got Luke Wilson from Detroit, previously of uh, Seattle Seahawks fame. I can see them maybe managing to maneuver him around. I mean, uh, John John Gruden likes a tight end. Um, Luke Wilson's quite a good red zone scoring threat. Mm-hmm. He always seems to get touchdowns, even if he doesn't do much else. He he does seem to get free in the um, in the end zone mm-hmm. or on a kind of a tight end hitch or a. You know, he seems to, especially with the Seahawks, he was always kind of getting on the end of um, these throws. And it, that was part of the issue with Graham, was that Wilson was doing more in the end zone than, than Graham was. So yeah, I think, yeah, they... Oh, it's so hit and miss. But yeah, 30, I'd say under, but I'd set the over-under probably at 30. I think mm. they do have a chance to put up some numbers this year. Yeah, well, I, I still see their defense as not being great. Uh, so obviously they've they've gone and brought in like so Cleveland Farrell and Jonathan Abram, Trayvon Mullen, uh, Carl Joseph and Lamarcus Joyner are already there. 
Um, they, they bought Brian Vontes perfect at a uh, linebacker to like, honestly, if they're talking about all this stuff about um, uh, changing the attitude around a building, why the hell would you bring in Vontes perfect? Because his attitude is absolute poison. Yeah, don't know, I don't even want to talk about him, he's useless. Yeah, but basically, the way that I see it is that that defense is still going to be pretty garbage, so therefore, the offense is going to have to step up. And they have some weapons at wide receiver now. Like Antonio Brown is one of the greatest weapons in the league. So that's going to give Derek Carr more of an opportunity to put the ball up. Whether it's to him, whether it's to Tyrell Williams, J.J. Nelson is a burner. It's There's potential there. And I, I see 30-plus touchdowns. Similar to, similar to what we're saying with Arizona, I just... This this league, a lot of teams have gone there. You know, we're going to keep scoring, and then you have to steal a possession from us to beat us. Mm. And if they play enough of those teams, they will put up points. Mm-hmm. Whether or not they have enough to win, because their defense isn't going to steal possessions. Yeah, for them, is going to be the big thing. So they they might lose games. You know, forty two twenty eight. You know, yeah, <laughs> they'll still get four touchdowns, mm. but. Um, it's going to be, it will be difficult for them to actually grind out wins, I think, because they definitely seem to be going more for the, the kind of offense by volume. Yeah. And the, But these, some of these defensive players could be stars and it could, they could change games. But, yeah, but as we said it, it, during the draft coverage, we don't know. Well, so. Yeah, they just need to. On paper step right up. now, it doesn't look like it. Yeah, well, uh, Paul, Paul Gunther's probably got his uh, work out for him there. Uh, John Gruden has put together some good defenses in the past but uh, uh yeah we'll we'll see how they go i mean they've they're in the afc west so you're going to have to deal with a broncos defense twice a year and uh that much improved uh, San, uh los angeles chargers defense as well the chiefs defense is still looking a bit mm, suspect for a, a lot of uh, a lot of reasons there but yeah and like we're just going to be chasing that game they also have to play the likes of the Colts, the Vikings, Texans, the Bears. Um, like there's, yeah, again, like it's looking at every team in the NFL now. N- there's zero gimmies. Often <laughs> Dolphins. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Although, yeah, who knows? Uh, maybe Josh Rosen will still manage to keep himself upright and put that ship where it needs to go. Oh, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Anyway, you got anything else there now? Yeah, the um, so really quick point. I think that within four weeks, some of these analysts, NFL Network, ESPN, are going to accuse Baker of being immature again. Of course. Because <laughs> I think he's going to grab his balls or throw a ball at someone or have an argument with a ref. You're going to have... But... Colin Coward is just going to continue his... Uh... His little beef because it makes it keeps him relevant. He just keeps putting out this these these levels of disrespect towards Baker, and it's just it's unfounded. Everyone everyone's enjoying what Baker's doing there. Baker's coming up and giving giving Cleveland football a much needed shot in the arm. Yeah, yeah. So that was just a quick throwaway thing. It's definitely going to happen. Um, <laughs> The, my my far too early prediction though is um, AJ Green's going to be traded. Oh, oh, oh! I like that one now. That's an interesting one. So, how do you think that's going to pan out? I think they're going to go zero and four, <laughs> and then they're going to trade for a couple of picks, mm. probably to the Pats, unfortunately. Ooh. I think AJ Green's going to be tied a lot to what happens to Josh Gordon. So, if Josh Gordon can't come back within the first eight games next season. For the Pats, they're going to have to get some downfield talent. Interesting. And they'll probably get AJ Green quite cheap, maybe a second and a, a second and a third next year. Ooh, ouch. Well, a second for next for the next draft, and then a third for the draft after. Mm, that would be uh, painfully low for someone of Green's caliber. He's he's one of these forgotten guys on a defense. And sorry, on an offense. And I actually think that we could quite easily have put him into our conversation for most important non QBs uh, in our in yeah, our last discussion. I was more influential, and he's not on the on the unfortunately Bengals. He's not going to really influence much of the NFL. Yeah. From from there, other than stealing maybe a win from the Steelers or something. Yeah. But 
I can see I can see the Bengals having some serious problems and being in the stakes for two of the next season. Um, yeah, or uh, you know, possibly even uh, Trevor Lawrence a little bit down the line as well. Hard to hard to say. The Bengals are one of these teams that they could flip either way. Like they could be about to completely tank, uh, or they could be heading in the right direction. Uh, it, it depends on uh, the, the like performance of Andy Dalton uh, with his supporting cast around him. Your wide receiving group is good. Uh, you've still got Tyler Eifert there at tight end, but how how many games of the season is he going to miss again? Uh, it's it's hard to say. Joe Mixon, really good running back as well, but that defense is oh boy, a hot steaming pile of effluent. 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 It's um. Yeah, it's when you have money. No, 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 that's, that's, that's affluent. <laughs> Affect and effect. Okay. Anyway, I'll, 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 yeah, yeah, so it's like wastewater, sewage. Like there's an effluent disposal. Okay, I'll, I'll cut this bit out. I'll just say, yeah, they're just a hot, steaming pile of garbage. That work for you? Yeah. Okay, fine. Yeah. <laughs> So happy. Two wins next season. Straight off the bat. Nice. Now they um I I can't see AJ really want to stick around, to be honest. So I It's it's well, with it's, someone like Green, because he's not a vocal player, you don't really know where his head's at. So it's hard to tell whether he's the sort of guy who would be, be just like, I'm just gonna stay here, I'm I'm happy in Cincinnati, I love the place, the fans love me, I'm I'm a local legend, kind of like in a Larry Fitzgerald sort of ilk where he's like, I'm not leaving, like I'm I've got too much at stake here in Arizona, I'm doing too much for, for the community. But if AJ Green wants to win a Super Bowl, I cannot see that happening in Cincinnati. They might have had a window at some point, but that window was yeah yeah exactly that that window was also taken up by the face of a, a head coach who couldn't win a playoff game. Yeah, I, I just that seems like a Pats move. Of course it does. Second and a second and a third just before the trade deadline. If you can if you can do that, I think AJ Green would be well worth that to to any team. It, it depends on your your cap room, uh, of of course, but um. Yeah, he would be a very interesting acquisition that a lot of teams would want to look at. Yeah, well, the Pats have to do something because the only two players that were getting downfield anything for them are gone. Or One has signed a tender, so technically belongs to them, mm-hmm. and the other is retired. So. In um, Josh Gordon and Rob Gronkowski. So. Yeah. They'll need to do something. Yeah, they've got to give, they, got to give Brady some weapons to um, to fill that hole. That void left by Rob Gronkowski. Um, a lot of people are saying that there is a uh, big potential for their um, recently acquired and Keel Harry to um, be the one to pick up the slack. Apparently, people are really, really liking him to be one of the top-rated rookies next year. But um, again, you never can tell. Yeah, no, we're not going to know with the rookies. Mm, but yeah, yeah AJ Green's going to be looked at every time they lose. I remember seeing the um the the mic'd up, you know, Josh Norman marking Green mm-hmm. and just bullying him. <laughs> and he just looked like someone who had just given up. Yeah, well you would you game. would too he if you were stuck in Cincinnati. Getting, <laughs> yeah, he just wasn't getting targeted and he was getting manhandled every play and he just seemed to give up on the game. And Josh Norman's you know, calling him soft and telling him he's not a you know, he's not elite. Josh, like you're not elite. That's you're, harsh. You're looking at elite. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. Josh Norman's a bit of a dick, eh? But you're supposed know, to be if you're yeah. a cornerback. Yeah, that's why I like them. <laughs> yeah, they're just jawing. <laughs> they're like a jawing. And uh, something else that you might like. So here's my big one. Will Greer starts in two plus games for the Carolina Panthers. Oh, what? What? Oh my God! No, it's impossible. No. Yeah, it's going to happen. I think that. Does he get injured? 
Yeah, I think Cam is going to, uh, he's not going to be 100% when he's coming back from his surgery. And I think he's going to get beat up. I think possibly by the Jaguars in week five, which will allow Will Greer to come in and show a little bit of what he's made of. How much do you think? How many games do you think he plays and how many do you think he wins? Uh, them all. And he's going to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, um, I, I have lower expectations for that because I don't think that the Panthers have that much weapons, really. Um, but I think that they'll get an idea of what Greer is as a passer and he'll be able to see that um, he's going to have a stronger arm than Cam after the shoulder surgery. And it'll raise questions. Cam will come back in, but it will raise questions about uh, about where Carolina would go in the future or where Will Greer will go in the future. Yeah. I think uh, as, as, a, as a rookie, he'll, he'll come in, he'll maybe have like a... Uh, two touchdown performance or something like that. I mean, um, just after the like, say, say if this does pan out in exactly the way that I said that it would. Say, uh, so Carolina Panthers schedule. So the say say Cam gets taken out in the Jaguars game. So Greer finishes that one off. I think they'd probably end up uh, losing that one. But then the following week, you've got the Buccaneers. And the Buccaneers were not great on defense last year. They tried to make some strides to improve it, but I reckon that that would be a, a perfect opportunity for him to come in and, and do something. You'll then have the 49ers, so you'll get uh, a lot of a pass rush in your face by that point. But uh, he'll still be able to show what he's got there. And then possibly if Cam's still out, then you have the Titans, uh, followed by the Packers. Yeah, I'm, I'm just... This is definitely... A way too early, throw it out there sort of prediction, but it's, it's I'm I'm just going for it because if it, if it comes off, I can come back to this and say, well, you know, I told you, and if it doesn't, yeah. I'll be like, well, of course, I didn't mean it, did I? It's, it's a completely ridiculous uh, assessment to make. Well, my um, my last one, which is my throw out there one, and for the same reasons, really, is that I think that Aaron Rodgers is gonna be fit this season and I think that Green Bay will make the championship game okay okay and I'll tell you why because I think they'll win their division tell us why Darren yep they're going to win their division and they'll get a bye Mm -hmm. and then they'll play someone like the Cowboys Mm. or the Seahawks at home in the second round in the divisional round and they'll win that game and then they'll be in there because this is the thing with the, the Packers they've made such a mess because they are the patriots of this of the nfc their division has been so competitive for them Mm. the whole time rogers has been there but they just can't seem to get it together and i think this year they will and they'll win their division games they'll do what they need to do and then it's just going to be a home playoff against yeah like I don't know, Seahawks, Cowboys. Yeah, one of these teams that gets there, but it ha- has some holes here and there. That's, that's what you see. Well, I, I I like the appointment of Nathaniel Hackett as the offensive coordinator. I think that he he was drinking from a poison chalice in uh, in Jacksonville. And that was definitely not his fault that he was let go there. I think for a lot of the time he was made a bit of a scapegoat, but... Really, yep. we he all did know some good things against the Pats. Yeah, and last season with Portals. So. Absolutely. Now, of course, Green Bay is going to be an interesting scenario to watch because this is the first time in a long time that they're going into a season without Mike McCarthy as their head coach. So they've got uh, Matt Lafleur in there trying to steady the ship. Now, a lot of people are saying, "Ah, oh, but he's quite young. You know, will um, will Aaron Rodgers be able to respect him and stuff?" And there's I, I don't buy for a minute any of the stuff that says that Aaron Rodgers is a bad teammate or anything like that. He's just someone who wants to win. And yeah. I can I can see them really turning it on this season. Um, they've got a pretty good offensive line. Uh, not a big fan of the, um, the Billy Turner acquisition to right guard or anything like that. But yeah, you've got David Battiari, who we dis- who we said we really like. Uh, Brian Balaga is playing a right tackle. Um, if, if Jimmy Graham can 
like get back to what he was like before, then great, they're going to do nicely there. And uh, don't forget about Mercedes Lewis being another tight end there who has had some success uh, in, in the past. And um, I would also say watch out for Aaron Jones at running back. I I, I think that he is going to be the one who's going to like really set himself apart on that team. Uh, Jamal, Jamal Williams, good running back, but Aaron Jones, when he's been fit, he has been the one that they can really try and push that offense through. And you did previously mention Devante Adams. I, I do really like him out there. Uh, you've got Equinemius St. Brown, the one of the best names in the league, as well as Marquez Valdez-Scantling. That's a, that's a lot of letters in there. And uh, Jake Kumaro, who was a bit of a preseason darling for them last year, but then got injured, he could, like, w- watch out for him. He could really have some sort of impact there as well. Um, and they have been improving yeah, on defense as well, which is really encouraging for, for them, like, because it's been a bit of a been a bit of a problem here and there. And if, if the Rashan yeah. Gary pick pans out, then um, they could have a real... Uh, difficult defensive line to deal with because you've got Zadarius Smith who's signed from Baltimore you've got Mike Daniels who's been there forever Kenny Clark's a great nose tackle it could really work out nicely for them I, I see them having a bounce back here yeah, I just think if they can if they can beat the Bears at home mm. then what a way to kick Lions off the NFL and, season by the way that's yeah, real good the, the Lions and the, the Vikings just aren't they're just not Rogers, if you know what I mean. Like, I just think that if Rogers is a hundred percent, then they should beat those teams, and it's going to be between them and the Bears for the title. And I think if they get that first game home win, yeah, again against the Bears, then they'll be in the the driving seat for the whole season. And if so, pretty much you could say that the Packers' season really does depend on that first night game, which is a shame for them, but mm. it's such a big one because it's going to be a, a tiebreaker. In my opinion, I think that they'll run their league, their division even, and so will the Bears. So they've got to, got to get that win. And if they do, I think they could easily make the, the, you know, the the finals, the championship finals. I don't know if they can beat the Rams or the Saints. Yeah, it'd be tough. Um, but, but you know, if they're, that's going to be what it is for them because I don't think they'll get the home record for the Super Bowl or for the, the championship mm. game, but. They they very frequently find themselves on this list. Uh, like people say, like oh, like my, the Packers have to be my pick for the Super Bowl, and then like it's happened the last few years, and they just flake and fade away. And uh, some people have said that was just the play calling. Like McCarthy's lost it; he doesn't know how to to run an NFL offense in in this era. So, yeah, we're going to get an idea very quickly about where they're going to go this season. I think. If they come up spread and Rogers is throwing on the run and their their tempo's up and it's gonna be that first quarter, it's gonna be amazing. Gotta gotta sit down on a Friday afternoon and watch it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> first game of the season. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm really, really looking forward to it. It's still way too far away though. I know. Oh. Yeah. All right. Okay. So we better think about wrapping up shortly. So let's um let's just have a quick chat about some of the news in the NFL recently. So um, something which we alluded to in our previous episode was the Seattle Seahawks releasing both Cam Chancellor and Doug Baldwin, two talismans of that organization for a long, long time. Cam Chancellor being one of the last remaining members of the Legion of Boom had a couple of injuries to deal with recently and uh, Doug Baldwin being in my mind one of the most criminally underrated wide receivers uh, of this generation and uh, both of them have been shown the door uh, primarily due to injury concerns we think but um, yeah what's your what's your take on those guys? Well Cam Chancellor he put out he's he's definitely retiring mm-hmm. Um he he was coming out and saying, you know, that people were coming up to him in the gym and um, players and just public, you know, when he's been working out saying, look, mate, you look great, come back. And it's it's not about that. It's about the injury that he has being mm. a kind of injury where if something goes wrong, he'll end up like Ryan Shazier. Yeah. So 
it's like a spine neck thing he's got. So he may look great and he may be on, you know, giving the picks and at the Met Gala and that, but yeah, he's definitely retiring. Um, the Doug Williams one is that I think Doug Baldwin. the Seahawks were. Doug, Doug, who's Doug Williams? Doug Williams is a former <laughs> uh, Super Bowl winning quarterback for the Washington Redskins. <laughs> yes, I watched that. Well, him too. Very, for very yeah, recently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he's retired too, yeah. So. It's, it's, has he actually though. officially retired yet? Or I know he was mulling it over. Yeah. I think Doug Baldwin, it's more that the Seahawks are ready to move on. They did restructure his contract and um, negotiated to release him on an injury so he still maintains his like signing bonus and his guaranteed money and that. So Yeah. They've they're not leaving in like bad terms. Yeah. This has been a few weeks of them structuring something and I'm sure he'll be at one of the home games next season season to wave to the fans and that. Yeah. But he may recover from his injury and end up at someone like the Patriots or something. Oh, no, just need stop a, it. No, you can't just, keep Just need a weapon for four, four <laughs> six weeks, you know? Like, he could. he's not as injured as Cam Chancellor is. Um, yeah. I think that Doug Baldwin has the chance to recover if he takes the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I would be surprised if they played again, to be honest. I think they're both leaving. They're both retiring. They're not being kicked out of the team there. They've chosen to retire and they've structured their deals to allow them to get their money and go off into the into the sunset and let, allow the Seahawks to, you know, plan for the future, which something's tough, isn't Pete Carroll like seventy three now or something? Oh yeah. I'm I'm fairly certain that he is wearing like some sort of ring it. which uh, keeps him alive magically. Uh <laughs> He's the Red Witch. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, I think um, the Seahawks, where they're going, is interesting. Um, losing out in these two guys is going to be a, a big hit, especially now that the Seahawks don't have... like <laughs> The Seahawks haven't had anything at wide receiver for a long time, really, uh, apart from Doug Baldwin. And now they're going to have to put all of their eggs in one basket on DK Metcalf and uh, uh, a room full of relative nobodies. Um, well, they've got Tyler Lockett as well. Yeah, sorry, um, yeah. Um, but but how, can can he do it for an entire season? That's, that's that's the question. Know. This is like Tyler Lockett. I'd be looking at if I was the Chiefs, he'd have been someone I'd have been using some draft picks to trade for mm-hmm, mm-hmm. instead of getting instead of taking a, a punt on like some like Merkel Hardman. Yeah. Um, now I, I will say that I don't know I, if he quite fits the Seahawks scheme for what he might do in other teams mm. but he's a good player he's definitely not he's not an, a normal number two because he's only like five foot nine or something yeah um uh, he's, he's, he's electrified Metcalf, that'll be an interesting squad picture that they do they have to they have to use Tyler Lockett right they have to start using him in that sort of Tyreek Hill-esque role maybe a little less in the like outside the numbers, but you can get him coming across the middle. You can use him as your deep burner too. Um, to be fair, I'll, I'll give I'll give Seattle credit. Their, their wide receivers aren't as bad as I was perhaps making out because you got you got DK Metcalf is the one that they're putting a lot of stock into. But David Moore was uh, a good contributor last year, and he is someone I actually really quite like. Uh, they also picked up Jerron Brown from Arizona, uh, who obviously just cleared house in their wide receivers over the. Uh, over the draft, um, uh, and they're they're trying to shore up the offensive line a bit as well. You've got uh, DJ Fluker in there from the Giants. Uh, they brought in Dwayne Brown from Houston. Uh, Mike Upati is back from Arizona. Like as long as you've got Russell Wilson there, I would still say that they're good for the playoffs. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, but. Going back to, to Doug Baldwin, he's just he's such a story, you know, undrafted and then mm. he's just he's done so much stuff. Um he, and he's not that tall either. He's only he is a he's smaller guy. Same mm-hmm. same height as me. Yeah. And uh Cam- coming from Stanford. Yeah. He's, he's, he's been a good player in this league for a long time and uh yeah. It's not going to be as as fun without him. He always played with a chip on his shoulder, saying he didn't get enough love. 
So I hope that he's hearing the love from his fans and stuff now, and hopefully the league will give him more credit. Yeah, 123 games. Mm-hmm. And uh, the same, same goes for yeah, same goes for Cam Chancellor. I think um, Seahawks knew that this was coming, so they went and uh, put a little bit of uh, stock into their uh, free safety in Marquise Blair, who is uh, an absolute rocket. So he's uh, he's one of these guys. He just goes in a straight line and hits you hard. Um, I was listening to some analysis on on that that pick recently, and they're saying like, yeah, he's a he's a good solid player, and he's really aggressive. He's going to give up a lot of penalties, but yeah, you're he's what what he can do is bring some more energy back into that uh, defensive backfield. Yeah, well, Cam Chancellor, I I kind of wish that. The Seahawks had been the whatever you know, whatever it takes team this season, and had the documentary crews in their offices, so we could just see, you know, for the last time, what Cam Chancellor really brings to a organization. Because um, him and you know him and Earl Thomas, just it's unbelievable what they what they achieved and how good they were together. And I don't think we'll see that again yeah. for a while having a free safety and a strong safety kind of Oof. combo like that yeah that legion of boom and then you had richard sherman there too uh that that to, to, to my mind i think that they should have had at least one one super bowl like what's our one more super bowl there um obviously one was uh thrown away against the patriots quite literally it had nothing to do with them they held the patriots to um absolutely to 12 to 12 points yeah. in a Super Bowl. And it's the same with the Rams. The Rams only held the Patriots to 12 points as well. Mm. But you got to, you got your offense has to help you out in throwing the ball there. You know, they'll they'll think about that for forever now. Yeah. Um, especially with these boys leaving. It's like the missed opportunity when you had those, you know, the, the running back, Marshawn Lynch. Mm. You could have just run it in. Yeah. Oh yeah, well, I don't, I don't know. I, don't, I just don't know, and I, I wonder if they stood up at night and just go, I don't know. I still don't know what happened because they'd done so well in that game, and yeah, and just in general, you know, to beat the uh, beat the Packers in the game before, and just it's a big play merchant now. Yeah, big plays. Yeah. Anyway, uh, good luck to both of those guys in whatever they end up doing next. Uh, it was been a pleasure to watch them, apart from when they're playing against our respective teams. Um, so, uh, another thing that's been mentioned, uh, on NFL.com recently was Bucky Brooks saying that Dak Prescott deserves to be the next $30 million a season QB. He doesn't, (laughs) it's not, he's, but like the thing is they're probably going to have to pay him that way because they shouldn't though. There should be a, you know, yeah, like Dak, Dak is good, but. He's not that money good. I I liked him when he first came in the league. I thought he was doing very well, but then you could see just how big an impact this offensive line was having for him. Like he's he's been like very consistent at the level that he's been at in terms of he's thrown I think is it 21, 22 and 22 touchdowns in a season. Like that's not 30 million dollar money. Like he's he's not thrown the ball away too much. I don't think he's had double digit interceptions or anything, so he's he's safe. But yeah, like to, well, he's to, not because he fumbles the ball every third time he has. Yeah, sorry, sorry. He's safe in terms of like when he's when he's passing, but um, when he's when he's hit, he can't protect the ball either. So like that's another pretty large uh, downgrade on him as well. I, I I'm literally of the opinion that it should be similar to what goes through for field goal kickers, and I would just take Dak and give him the ball, and then have the whole team try and tackle him, <laughs> and every time he fumbles it, he loses a million dollars a year. <laughs> well, okay, yeah, you could start him off on a thirty million dollar contract, and then just say that we're going to get one of our defensive linemen yeah, maybe, to just follow maybe. you around and then every now and again when you're not thinking about it swipe gonna, it yeah he's going to swipe the ball out of your hands you're going to be in the canteen or, you've got to carry this thing with you well they could just do it over the you know the OTAs It'd be like look you're coming in and we're going to play some live downs and every time you fumble the ball you lose my yeah and if he fumbles it 13 times then he's on 17 million a year <laughs> 
God, how how are we not writing that, these that contracts? Because yeah, that was the biggest problem last season he had. You know, he was fine. He didn't have any weapons, to be honest, for most of the season. But he was dropping it when he was getting... You know, he just didn't have the pocket presence. Mm-hmm. So if you're saying that you're going to pay Drew Brees and Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers a certain amount of money, and they have the pocket presence, and he doesn't. And I think that is a massive yeah. difference. How many 300-yard uh, passing games do you think he has in 48 season starts? None. He has five in 48 games. Oh, yeah, because he had that one where Amari Cooper did it all away. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That wasn't even him getting that. <laughs> He's just getting it to Amari Cooper, Cooper and letting him do it. Shredding yeah. tackles and duking players. Yeah. Now, to, to his credit, they have racked up a fair amount of wins during this time. They've been quite consistent. They've definitely uh, improved since the Tony Romo era, but that isn't because of the quarterback, to my mind. To my mind, it's because the they've improved. Jalen Smith. Yeah. And Leighton Van Der Esch and mm-hmm. Tyrone Smith and Zach Martin. And yeah, you've got great, great defensive line, great offensive line. Um, yeah, and like get, getting someone like Cooper player, in has helped a lot. The most influential player on the Cowboys is Sean Lee. <laughs> by an absolute mile. When he doesn't play, they lose. Mm. And I, it will be selfish. If Dak Prescott takes thirty million and destroys their cap for the next five years, because they're they're nearly there, mm-hmm. they're nearly there. I like Golly because of the way that the, those linebackers are coming together now. Um, Sean Lee could well be the the odd man out. He could be uh, on the way out because Leighton Van Der Esch is playing so well. But people are saying like, oh, but yeah. you have to find a way to to keep him and, and use him. He's and- too having Sean Lee. Sean Lee reminds me like of like Luke Keekley. Like if he's there, he is the man. He's telling everyone what to do. Mm-hmm. He's controlling it. And then he's not there, the team doesn't have enough time to adjust. Mm-hmm. So if you have him, he just has to be maybe someone that comes in for like a, a you know, a third and two or something and helps. He just can't be the captain anymore because he just doesn't play enough games. And he, you know, he doesn't when he's not there, he just impacts. His, the, him being missing really puts the defense back. Mm-hmm. So, well, if they think it's better to move on and just start again with a new, you know, play caller and captain I think, on the defense, then yeah, that might be the way they go. I think they've seen, especially when they've just kind of get, they've lucked into Jalen Smith and Leighton Vanderish. Yeah, I think that they're just going to say that we can't pay Sean Lee any more money when we have these two. Uh, proper star linebackers that we've just stumbled into uh, they're going to have to distribute it elsewhere but hey, if if they do end up paying Dak 30 million dollars a season then what the hell you know you want, you want to see Tom Brady the doing Eagles that Eagles will be laughing eh? <laughs> yeah anyway um, I am getting very very hungry right now Darren so do you have anything else you want to add to this podcast today no, I think I'm, I think I'm good. I'm glad we got to do it. Um, yeah, there isn't really much going on other than Odin Beckham kind of poking the Patriot bear, which I'm all for. <laughs> yeah, you did, uh, did did compare the the Browns to the the Patriots going forward. We'll see how how that all works out. Apparently, he did come back and elaborate on that, but I've not read too much more into it. But. Um, yeah, there's yeah the one that we'll, we'll I won't touch on too much in this podcast, but I'm really intrigued to see what happens to Cal Rudolph. Yeah, Cal Rudolph will make a massive difference to either the Pats, the Jags. He's not going to go to an NFC team, mm-hmm. so they're not going to trade him. But the Pats, the Jags, the Raiders, a few teams could really use Rudolph. But I'd be think it'd be a massive mistake for the Vikings to get rid of him. Mm-hmm. Um, just because he's such a good presence in the locker room, and he's such a good end zone threat as well. Yeah. So if he if he ends up in the um, in the Jags or something, he'd be an unbelievably good pick in a scoring <laughs> scoring league. Yeah. He just he always gets free. Um, yeah. For for the for the listeners, just, that's if he can... um, Kyle Rudolph, tight end of the Minnesota Vikings, uh, has been floated around as a trade candidate since they drafted uh, Irv Smith Jr. uh, in the draft from UCLA. Um, So uh, 
obviously there's Irv a Smith few teams out Alabama, there. I think. Oh, sorry, Alabama. Sorry, yeah. Um, so Kyle Rudolph is looking like someone who could come and upgrade, and there is a lot of teams out there who could really do with a pass catching tight end like Kyle Rudolph. So maybe we can touch on that in another podcast, but let's keep an eye out on that. We might be reporting where he's gone in the next one. So Yeah, cool, cool. So yeah, keep watching we'll the skies, that. listeners. And uh, if that'll do it for today, then I uh, guess that uh, all that remains is for us to say thank you very much for joining us, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Oh, I have another thing to add. Oh, really okay, quickly. sorry. Cancel that one. Stop it. Stop music. Okay, Darren, Everyone, Everyone should follow our Twitter page. Ah, yes, okay, so our recently started up Twitter. So, Darren, do you want to give us our handle? So, it's fourth, so 4th, and then an N for and, but an N, forever, uh, pod, P-O-D. Gotcha, fourth, N, forever, P-O-D. Yes. Yeah, at us, hit us up. And at the moment, I have control of that, so you'll be seeing loads of snarky comments about retweets. Oh, God. And and occasional e- gif. Expect- occasional gif about how good the Browns are. Yeah. No, I've, I've, I've actually, I've kept it quite neutral. Expect so. to see lots and lots of videos of Odell Beckham uh, smoking uh, cornerbacks and defensive backs. <laughs> smoking rookies. I felt pretty bad about that. Yeah, exactly. Harsh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, now, is there anything else, Darren? No. Cool. In that case, then, <laughs> thank you very much for joining us, and we'll catch you next time. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.